And we're back with another episode of The Anarchist Experience, episode 109, coming at you live this Saturday morning. Uh, As always, I'm your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with... MC. And since this is your live Saturday call-in show, uh, those numbers for you to dial are 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. That's 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. Uh, so what is going on with you this week, MC? Um, I don't know. Not not much. Um, I'm... I'm unemployed but i i'm stressed out because i feel like i'm still still working uh what have you been up to doing a lot of work in the house and actually i hired somebody a friend of a friend to replace the floor in the house there was there's actually holes like in the floor so you could like see under the house that was pretty crazy while he was replacing it or that's the reason why you're replacing that's that's the reason why we were replacing it so no more holes in the floor um very happy about that. Still got one more room to do, to go um, to take care of another issue with his uh, dog and uh, dog urine and on on the carpet and so stinks. So yeah, the carpet has to go. We're getting hardwood or you know fake hardwood floor put in, so it's resistant to that type of uh, uh, fluid. So so when you hired this friend of a friend, this buddy of yours. Uh, did you make sure that he was a licensed and bonded contractor uh, authorized to do business in the state of Hawaii well, before you let him I set foot on your property? I didn't make sure of that, but he, he is actually licensed and all that. He can uh, he can do work here, I guess, I assume. I don't know. Maybe maybe he's lying. <laughs> Does it matter Doesn't to matter. you? <laughs> well, the reason I hired him is, is because a couple reasons. Um He's a friend of a friend, and so personal his, recommendations. Yeah, pretty good work. Um, and another reason is because the the more commercial organization um, they're not as forgiving about the the amount of work that has to happen on my end. Like I have to move furniture and move the refrigerator and and remove the toilet and like all that stuff I can do, but it's like come on, like I'm paying you a lot of money. Can you just pick the toilet up and put a new <laughs> wax ring down and put it back when you're done? I mean, I don't know. It's like when when there's money at stake, your, your, first, your first response shouldn't be, oh, we don't do that. There's no way we're going to do that. You have to do that or you have to find somebody to do that. We just do the floor and absolutely nothing else. I mean, there should at least be a price on it. Like, hey, we're going to move your toilet, so we're going to charge you an extra 200 bucks. Right. I mean, that would be outrageous. But, you know, some people just don't want to move their toilet. So, I mean, <laughs> that's just the way I feel, you know. The, the, the way Ernie Hancock puts it, he says, the answer is always yes. The question is how much. Right. Like, right. you know, when... when even- when they you're dealing with normal people. It. Yeah. So so that's why I went with him. They're much more accommodating. And also, the bigger issue was I was going to basically do the whole the, the, the floor for the whole house, right? Over time. So, yeah. So it takes a, a lot of work to move all my stuff. And 
the the first contractor that that put a bid on it, um, they wanted to do the whole house in one day. Wow. Um, which which is insane because it's a pr- you know pretty big house, three bedroom. Yeah. Two living rooms. You around. basically have to move everything two. into the garage, let them work, and then put it all back when well, they're done. Yeah, there's no way everything would fit in my garage. Yeah, or um, outside then. You, you know what I mean? Like you'd have to move. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to like move from room to room as they were working. Right. And that was part of the plan. They were like, okay, well, yeah, you'd have to move it in the middle, you know. And I was like, yeah, I can, I can maybe do that, but it's going to be like really challenging, you know. And so what would have happened is they would have started their work. They would have found out it was impossible halfway through it. And they'd have to bill me uh, more money because it's taking them more time because it's taking me more time. Uh, so anyway, it was good to go with a smaller contractor because they were m- more willing to, uh, you know, work around the, you know, there's just normal issues that come up when you're moving all your stuff from room to room. You know? <laughs> yeah. Aside and from the fact that it's issue, heavy and there's big stuff. Another side issue is they, they only wanted to put new floor down. They didn't want to fix the holes in the floor. They're like, well... If we have to replace boards, we're going to have to get another contractor to come in here. And, and Was this a union so shop? Like, well, Sounds like a union shop. No, no. It's Really? Uh, it's, it's called American Carpet One. The people oh, okay. that were complaining a lot. So, and I'm sure they do good work and all that stuff, but it's like they they made it seem like they didn't want to do it. <laughs> that was the main thing. So I was like, well, if you don't if you're not excited to do it, if you're not, if you don't think it's gonna be something you can handle, um, like I, it's it would be so much risk signing a contract with them because you know they pull up the floor and like, oh, there's termite damage, and we have to get a new contractor. So, you know, what then? So th- then the whole you know one day plan would be totally shot. Yeah, and, and, and you'd have a giant <laughs> hole in your floor that they're not gonna be willing to patch up. Right, and so I have to wait a week to get somebody out. It would it would just be horrible. So anyway, the friend of the friend uh, tore up all the moldy old wood and and patched it up and put new wood on top of that and put the floor on top of that, and it's all done. Um, it, it, he originally said it was going to take three days, and it ended up taking him uh, almost a week, um, and that is because, uh, well, one of the reasons was because the government got involved. How you might ask? Um, Permits? No, this is like totally random thing. His his other job is installing security cameras. Okay. His security camera caught somebody stealing something. And I'm with you so far. So the the court wanted him to go in and testify that yes, the the clock on the camera was not right because he didn't set the clock, as if that really mattered or not, you know. Like, well, it, it could. I mean, that's definitely a possibility, man. Because if you're trying to get your alibi straight and it says like, you know, I was here between two thirty and three, right. and your clocks catch me with two thirty and three, I'm like, well, no, the clock is obviously wrong because I was over here at two thirty right. and three. And so it said like nineteen sixty eight or something like that. Okay. The year, not the time. <laughs> well, I, well, obviously I was not around then. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so yeah, this clearly is a mistake. Yeah, that's what he went in to testify. He's like, look, I didn't set the clock. The clock is obviously wrong. It doesn't matter. It shows the guy picking the stuff up and then walking out with it. Like, <laughs> it's just... I don't know, there's, man. There's, 
If I was if I was the defense, I'd fight it. It shows a guy, obviously not my guy. Well, it, it was, it was <laughs> a high def. Uh, eight megapixel image of his face okay uh right in the middle so uh they they (laughs) the the guy that 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 saw it says it it, it, from the first glance he says oh yeah i know that guy you know he's we've we've called on him for for trespassing before (laughs) okay he's just he's always like digging around our stuff (laughs) and this time he just you know walked in the front door and took something so um yeah, and that that might be one of the issues. Um, he's got prior prior uh, okay. arrests or whatever. So they, doesn't help his case. Yeah, the guys recognized him. They were like, "This is where he is." We we already have his inform. You know, the, the the people at the store that got robbed already had his address. They were like, "Hey, here's his address." You know, you don't okay. even have to investigate. Just go get him. This is him. Look, you got the video. As soon as you as soon as you see him, you can look at look at this picture. You got you know high res picture yeah. right there you can see him and nice you can see him just grab his stuff and walk out with it but anyway <laughs> so that's what he had to do so he got he got subpoenaed so he had to go in to uh acknowledge that he was subpoenaed that was one day you know worth of time uh he just had to show the court he's like yeah i got this i got this note all right thanks bye and then the next day was go there and actually you know testify or whatever so at least one day of wasted time yeah, well, it, it, you know, with traffic and yeah, getting he had to get go home and change his clothes and pick up the other car and just so it ended up being like four hours out of the first day and then six hours out of the second day and that's like you know when you're contracting and putting floors and that's like that's pretty much the whole day. It's yeah, weird. <laughs> I can only imagine. I've done the I've done the moving and and you know some other stuff, but I've never. I've never done like real. I, I'm not a skilled laborer. I'm like unskilled laborer. Like I, I, I can pick shit up and move it and put it over there, you know, all day long. But if you want me to like, you know, cut a board straight, forget it. Can I cut a board? Yeah. Absolutely. Can I use a tool? You better believe it. But doing it with any degree of precision is, you know, not my forte. Yeah. So, pretty. I'm pretty happy with the work that was done, and uh, and it, it worked out for for everybody. Everybody's a winner today <laughs> right voluntary exchange for the win yes <laughs> see and i ran into a little bit of uh you know voluntary exchange of my own uh this past week um was it yesterday not yesterday i think thursday in fact and it's just it it it, it bothers me that you know some voluntary exchanges are prevented not only because of the state uh necessarily but also because of, you know, the litigious nature of the community in general. Um, so on, uh, we didn't talk about this yet, MC, on, on Monday, I lost my keys. Like somewhere between like where I parked my moped and inside the restaurant where I work, uh, my keys disappeared from my pocket. And it was, you know, it, w- it was a high stress evening because, you know, I get off of work late and I'm uh, like walking out the door and it's like, oh crap, where are my keys? Um, and one of the things that was, was bothering me was, you know, they, when I, I work standing up, so there's, there's no way they like, you know, jumped out of my pocket anywhere. So my fear was that I had left them outside by my moped. Um, and that someone had either scooped them up or like I left them in the ignition and someone took them out of the ignition. 
and then was like, you know, waiting for the appropriate time to come back and, and steal my moped. And I'm still, I've still got concerns about that. I'm going to take it in when we're done with the show today and go put an alarm on it so I can hear them try to get it. And then there's going to, someone's going to catch an ass whooping. Um, but, uh, Thursday after, you know, after I had time to like, you know, grieve and process and, you know, make moves, um, I decided like, I, I got to go get another set of keys made. Um, not only for the, not only for the moped itself, but also for my house, right? Cause I like house keys were on the same key ring and those are gone too. Um, and I had really cool house keys. I like, I had a fun set of house keys, some novelty keys that I got off of Amazon. Um, and when I bought them, they were like, they were uncut. And then I went to true value, right. To have them cut. And they're like, Oh, we don't cut, we don't cut keys. You don't buy here. I'm like, well, you don't sell these <laughs> and these are the ones I want to use, you know, they're like, but we can't guarantee that it's going to work. And there's like, you know, whatever I'm like, okay, so like, just cut it then. And then that'll be the end of the story. You know, like I, you know, if you break it, I'll buy a new set. And if you damage it, like all on me for, for picking you. Um, and I think I lucked out at true value because, um, you know, the, like, I, I socially engineered my way into letting this girl cut my key for me. So I had a really cool set of keys. I'm like, woo, got my novelty keys. I'm all ready to go. I'm all happy and stoked. Um, and this time I didn't do that. Like I didn't, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to spend, you know, novelty key money on yet another set of keys. So I went and got a normal set of keys cut. Um, and there's like only one place in town apparently that carries the moped key. Uh, so I went down there and they had a big sign, you know, on, on their thing that we do not cut keys, not sold in this store. No exceptions to the rule. No, you know, all this nonsense about, you know, how they, how it's one less service they're willing to provide. Um, so I started talking with the gentleman about, I'm like, you know, why would you, why would you do that? You know, like, why not provide the service? Like if I come in, you know, you, you buy your novelty keys from, you know, some manufacturer and I buy my novelty keys from some other manufacturer. Like, you know, what's what's so different in the that manufacturing process where your keys are superior and can be cut and my keys are so inferior and they, you know, they're, they're you're not allowed to touch them. And the guy basically said, like, you know, too many, too many lawsuits, too many people claiming that, you know, uh, the key that they bought that was cut by this place that didn't work caused significant amounts of damage, uh, to their property that they now wanted the key cutting place, the locksmith place, uh, to take responsibility for. And after all these lawsuits, you know, the locksmith company just said, no, nah, no, it's, it's, it's so far not worth our time to even do it for, you know, a reasonable individual, um, because of the potential lawsuit that, that might, you know, incur, uh, that they just don't do it. And I went and, you know, I was like, well, I mean, if I bring you a set of keys, like me and you can have, you know, that, that handshake agreement that says like, just like I did with true value girl, man, like just cut it. If it works, it works, you know, and you get paid. If it doesn't work, I'm not even going to ask for a refund. I'm just going to like move on and, and, you know, take my business elsewhere or whatever. And he, and you know, he wouldn't even do that. And he said that they've even signed waivers with customers uh, saying that, you know, the, you know, hold harmless against the, the locksmith key cut place. Um, you know, that, 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 you know, that we will take no responsibility for any damages caused by the use of this key, you know, specifically cut by whatever and so on and so forth. And then the people would still sued, you know, because something went wrong. I was like, 
like who does it then? Like where, where, you know, if I buy my novelty keys off of Amazon, who will cut those things without me having to like socially engineer it? Uh, you know, and they'll just provide that key cut service. Like, you know, you got this really cool key. We we cut keys, you know, and then we, we're so confident in our abilities to cut keys uh, that we'll cut them for you. Uh, we're not responsible for any damages, yada, 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 so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, so it, you know, not even, and I don't want to like blame that on, on um, the state, but just, just so the, the litigious nature that, you know, the, I'm going to say the state court, right. will look at something like that and arbitrate in favor of the accuser when there's clearly an agreement in place to, you know, to, to, to hold the victim harmless, uh, number one, or on a handshake deal, right? Like what kind of person goes like, oh yeah, just cut a man, you know, and then I'm going to sue you because you, you cut it. You know, I just, it's so ridiculous to me, um, that I kind of just have to get that off my chest. Your thoughts, MC. Um, no, it is ridiculous and screw those bad people for, uh, being, being jerks. <laughs> yeah. And then when I, I when I, I got the keys, kind of true value. Maybe maybe uh maybe if more people carried guns, uh they would be more respectful of people or something. I don't know. Well, I don't even know if it's a respect thing. It's just you know that like well well if somebody had a handshake deal, yeah, that's respect. Like someone yeah. says, hey, just just cut it. You know, don't worry about it. If it, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Then yeah, you know. I'm, and then, mean, and, the, and if they ahead. still see you, like no, I'm going to shoot you now. Like, okay. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. I just remember, I'm like, he's like, you know, if, if I cut your, he, he like used the example, he's like, if you brought me a set of keys and then you took it, you know, you took your set of keys and you like, you know, uh, put it in your BMW and you turn the key and it like shorted out your entire electrical system. Wouldn't you try to sue? And I was like, I see your point, but me personally, I would not. Because I understand like at every step in the process, it's been my responsibility Right. Like I understand that, you know, the novelty keys might not work as good as a standard key. Right. And I'm buying it anyway because I value the novelty of it instead. Right. I understand that you don't take responsibility for damage caused by keys not bought by. I understand. Like I personally understand like the levels of personal responsibility that it takes to use a novelty key in 2017 (laughs) that I'm amazed that it's such a big I'm amazed that it happens with such frequency, right? That the the company puts up a big old sign and then like there's no exceptions. There was no like you know talking them out of it. I wasn't going to try to talk them out of it then because I don't have any novelty keys. But I mean, just saying like you know no exceptions to the rule because even when exceptions were made, uh, customers you know disgruntled tried to sue and I, uh, complete nonsense um, from the customer perspective. And I totally understand, you know, where they're coming from, from a business perspective. Um, but in my mind, I just go, shit, I should learn how to cut keys. And then I'll just be like the novelty key cut guy, you know, like what do you, you can't, there's not much to sue, you know, for me. And I'll, I'll line that sucker up, you know, with everything, uh, with layers of, of corporate protections, uh, to make sure that you can't get at, you know, at me, but so, still, uh- so I had a similar situation in my house um, with the with the contractor doing the floor, and that was that. Well, he's he's actually raising the floor uh, a quarter of an inch to put in new wood, and so all the doors had to be cut so that they would fit. Right. They're just they're too long now. Yeah. Um, and the issue is, well, if I cut this this particular door, 
the the finish on it might splinter like all the way to the top and it might just make it look stupid um so he told me that like there's a risk you know if i cut it like it's gonna just it's gonna break it's not gonna informed consent and i'm like yeah it's it's sad that you even have to tell me this um do whatever you have to do i mean it's not your fault Obviously, the door doesn't fit now, so it's doing me zero good <laughs> the way it is now. Um, like, you know, it, it, if if you told me I need all new doors because I'm not going to cut it because it might break, I I would just have to go with that because I can't cut the door. And, you know, if he wanted to sell doors, he could do that. You know, like, I got to sell you a new door because this one doesn't fit. Yeah. Like... He could he could go that route. I mean, there's like there's like zero options for me at that point, you know, that are that are good. It's like just just cut it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. If it does, it does. That's, I mean, that's the best option for me. So yeah. of course, I would not cross your fingers that, that it doesn't splinter up, you know, and that but you keep your fingers. I just I just know how a lot of people are that they would take the take it try to take advantage of of a contractor uh for doing the only only possible option at that moment in time you know like yeah and again it's just it's just lack of personal responsibility uh amongst you know the general populace and you know it's it's hard to point fingers and place blame um but i'm sure it has to do with upbringing and education at some point yeah. And also, you know, looking at, at their uh, political leaders and how well, there's no responsibility going up the entire chain of, of command. A, a lot of it is just, uh, uh, a lot of people are just really, really cheap. And I understand being frugal and all that. But when it, goes, when it gets to the point of, of being okay with ripping people off just because... You know, they didn't put a period after a sentence or something, you know, like that. Like, yeah. Like, oh, there's there's not a dot. All right, it's, you know, I get it for free now. Like, or are you talking uh, about like the specificities in the contracts that get written? Yeah, in a way. I mean, people will take, will find any any reason to to save a buck at somebody else's expense, and yeah, I guess I don't know. I'm not that cheap, so. See, I listen to uh, I listen to Sovereign Tech, and it's no it, that's not new information. Um, but one of the things that the host of that show is not in favor of is he, he like he despises contracts, right? He's a, a an egoist anarchist in the the Max Stirner sense of the term, um, and I still self-identify as an anarcho-capitalist, and I am a fucking big fan of contracts. Um, not be, not necessarily because. Um, you know, you can get away with, uh, you know, with nonsense like, oh no, it's, it's different cause there's no period there. Um, but for me, it, it, it's an, an expression of the meeting of the minds, number one, uh, and also allows for remedy should things go wrong. Right. I mean, if, 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 if you don't have the agreement in place, then you're always playing a game of he said, she said. Right. If something goes, if, if everything goes right, the contract is irrelevant. And if you, if, if you have like that level of trust with people, then you can do things, you know, on, on a handshake and a cash transaction. Um, uh, but it's, it's when something goes wrong that you go, well, how are we going to resolve this? 
right? When all of a sudden there's, there's no documentation of what the agreement was and you go like, no, no, you agreed to do this kind of work. Like you agreed to tear up the floor, fix it, put a new floor, cut the door and whatever. And he goes, no, I didn't like, yes, yes, you did. Like you clearly agreed to do all that. And he goes, no, I didn't. Right. (laughs) How do you resolve that? How do you resolve that peacefully, you know, in, in polite society? Um, and, and my answer, right. Is, well, you look at what's written down, right? I agreed to do this, 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 and this for this price. Signed, dated, you know, notarized if you want to. And you go, all right, clearly, clearly this is what you agreed to do, right? And, and now you didn't do it, right? Now that, now I'm seeking remedy, you know, for, for your breach of this agreement, you know, because I have been, da- I have been damaged uh, by your lack of work or your, uh, you know, your half-assed work or whatever it happens to be. You know, and if you don't have, if you don't have the contract, then there's no way to remedy that, uh, aside from violence. And again, I'm not against violence, right? I just, I, I, I like to seek out peaceful means, uh, of resolving disputes, uh, whenever possible to avoid the violence, right? You know, people, people goes like violence doesn't solve everything. And I go, well, violence solves everything, right? It's just, it's just not the best way to do it in my opinion and the, the other other methods should be utilized before we get to that point so you you need the contract in place and again it's like you know the word of the contract for the spirit of the contract and there's a lot of you know legalese written into contracts now that uh, only lawyers can understand and i don't i don't know if it necessarily like you know needs to to be that detailed um, i know a buddy of mine i uh, used to live in hawaii moved to virginia and like you know purchased a firearm uh, probably for the first time in his life. And then, you know, he, he, he messaged me and is like, dude, Rich, I, I bought this, you know, I bought this shotgun or rifle. I forget what it was. And then I asked the dude for the bill of sale. And he like, he wrote it on the back of like a, another receipt paper and just handed to me like a note, a scratched up notebook paper or something or other. And he's like, I thought like bill of sale was some like important legal document, you know, like, you know, like, like, you know, required mandated by the state, you know, for saying he's like, no, no, he just like pulled out a piece of paper from his pocket, like, you know, wrote sold gun on this date to this guy and signed off on it, you know, as like the, the bill of sale. And I was like, yeah, that's all it, that's all it really needs to be, you know, <laughs> like what more do you want? <laughs> you know, I saw, I, I agreed to sell this gun for this price to this guy and you know, tr- transaction complete, you know? So I don't, I don't think contracts need to be filled with the legalese and, and detail and, and, you know, and uh, I would, I'm going to say nonsense cause that's my word, um, uh, that they're filled with now, but I do think that they're, uh, they're important. Um, you know, not when things go good, but when things go bad, like a prenup, right? Prenups don't matter if, if, you know, if you never get divorced, it's when something goes wrong that you go like, well, good thing we have this piece of paper, you know, to, that, that explains what to do in this situation. We have this contract to show us, you know, what, what, how we're going to remedy any sort of dispute, uh, before we, you know, before we pull out the pistols and go outside to duel. That's all I'm saying. All right. So headlines, um, a couple more things, uh, just because I want to, I want to get to them. Um, so the other, the other issue that I ran into, at least with one company this week re- re- related to, um, my little my little moped adventure 
was I got a great piece of advice, um, you know, from, from a buddy of mine, uh, you know, I was venting to him about like the entire situation and my fear of being stolen. He said, get insurance. I went, shit, that's a good idea, man. That's going to, that's going to be a pain in the ass though. Like, you know, to make the phone call to get the quote or whatever. Um, so I called Geico cause I've been with Geico before and they were, che- they, you know, they were the cheapest before. And my wife just got new insurance with Geico and they were like cheaper than everywhere else. So they're the, they're the first phone call that I made. Um, and it was three phone calls in over an hour for them basically to tell me that they can't insure me. Um, and, and, and they can't insure me for, for, for nonsense, right? They, they go, you know, they, they asked me all these pre-qualifying questions and I made it through the, I made it through the eliminator question with one guy and then like a, a subsequent phone call because I couldn't finish the, the first one. I had to, you know, I had to, I had to call back at a later time and start over. And then I got to the eliminator question and he, and I was eliminated. I went, I got past that question with the other guy. I had, I spent like 15 more minutes on the phone with the other guy before I got off the phone, before I had to get off the phone. And he didn't disqualify, disqualify me immediately. Like, what the hell's wrong with you guys? So I, you know, I, I got doubly frustrated um, by having that waste of time. Um, but basically, the to cut to the chase, they won't insure my moped because I don't have a motorcycle license. Okay. Hawaii doesn't require that I have a motorcycle license to ride a moped. So yeah, I don't so need, need one. A, well, you need a different type of insurance. Right. So, but, uh, however, they, they won't even do that. So like the one guy was smart enough. He goes like, well, what you need is specialty vehicle coverage. And so I go, well, sign me up for specialty vehicle coverage. Cause all I'm really concerned about is this thing being stolen. I don't, I don't need damage. I don't need personal injury liability. I, I just need, you know, if someone walks off with my bike, right, I, I want it to be insured. And then, so I, you know, I get transferred into a third phone call, you know, 45 minutes later, um, talking with, you know, the, the specialty vehicle person. Um, and they basically go like, uh, mopeds don't count, especially vehicle. We can only do that under a motorcycle policy. Oh, by the way, do you have a motorcycle license? I went, no, we already been through that. The other guy said, (laughs) the other guy said, you know, get specialty vehicle. So here, here I am, you know, once again with this issue, right? This issue where the, the answer should be yes. And the question is how much? Right. I want to insure this against theft because I, I think right now it's a, a risk for theft. Um, and I want to make sure that I, I, I'm covered. Right. And they basically said that, you know, the, the, the laws in Hawaii, uh, you know, again, stupid state mandate bullcrap uh, says that, you know, they, they're not they're not allowed to insure uh, motorcycles, mopeds, whatever, two wheeled motorized vehicles, uh, however that's defined. Um, you know, unless you have the license or a permit on your way to getting the license. I was like, well, I'm not going to do that because it's not, it's not required. Like this, there's clearly should be an exception somewhere where this particular item of property can be insured, uh, you know, <laughs> against theft, uh, with, without having, you know, without, without needing some permission from the state to operate it. Because even if it's not being operated, I still want to insure it against theft. You were saying, MC? Yeah, you need, you need basically, uh property insurance and not not vehicle insurance so go to state farm or um farmers or something like that and you don't even tell them you're gonna be writing it just be like i have this thing i, I have this item to get stolen it's worth about three grand 
Yeah. Oh, what's the item? Don't even worry about that. Just just know that if it gets stolen, <laughs> something like right. that, like don't. But still nonsense, because it's not it's not yeah. an item. It's a moped. It's a vehicle. It's you know it. Well, it the, the maybe not in the like, legal sense. Yeah, your your issue is that it gets mixed up with vehicle insurance that the state requires a lot of times for vehicle owners, and so you don't actually want that. You just you're just worried about the property value, not not the liability of you hitting somebody exactly somebody hitting you not like traffic violations you just you're just worried about the property and the, and the value of that property so right and they should be able to write a policy or they you know i'm, I'm venting so, mostly about geico at this point but they, they should have been able to write a policy or like i said i should have gotten to that eliminator question a lot sooner in the process uh right. you know and not having gotten past it you know, like, oh, yeah, no problem. Let's just keep asking the questions, you know, and, and wasting, more, again, more time and energy uh, when the answer, and like, I never even got a quote. Not even once did they give me a dollar amount, you know, like, okay, I don't have the license. How much, you know, how much to insure this particular piece of property against theft? So waste of time there over some, you know, what I'm going to say, again, nonsense, uh, because I'm sure if the legal requirement wasn't such that I be mandated to have a license or a permit uh, to operate a vehicle that does not require a license or a permit, um, that they would have been okay insuring it for, you know, uh, a fee. All right. How much do you want to insure it for? How much do I want it? What, are you pulling up quotes right now? Uh, no, how much do you want to pay per month? Oh, I don't know. I, don't, I, I, I have no idea. I don't even know what would the standard be. Less than 30 bucks, though. Okay, so thirty bucks a month and uh, three thousand dollar payout if it gets stolen. Yeah. All right, I'll insure it for you. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna make like a tops a hundred bucks off of me because you know it, it, right now it's a theft risk. Um, in, in <laughs> right. a few months, in a few months, I doubt it will be. So I, the the it, the plan wasn't to keep the policy in effect uh, at infinitum. Um, just until I got like, you know, uh, this alarm put on number one or got the ignition changed out. So I got, you know, see, that's the thing, right? I went to the moped shop and those guys are cool. I go, I have this problem, you know, like, where do I get keys made? And he said, you know, you, you know, for the, for the moped keys, you got to go to this shop. And we already talked about that. Um, for the locks, you got to call the lock manufacturer because it's just coded and they'll just send you new keys based on your code. Um, and if you give them a sob story, they might not even charge you for it. And then I went, well, I need a new chain. And he said, we have one for a price. And I went, God damn it. What's the price? And he went, 120 bucks for you. I'll do it 110. I'm like, I do not want to, I do not want to spend that much on a new chain because I have a chain. I just need a new lock for it. Uh, you know? And he's like, well, we can get you a lock. I'm like, yeah, yes. That's what I love about you. I just don't want to pay for it. Uh, how much to change out the ignition? You know, he's like, well, I got to order the part. I go, how much though? And it was like 140 bucks. It's like ah. So like right there, I'm like in my head, I'm like I'm 250 bucks in new ch new chain, you know, change out the ignition uh, switch. And I went okay. Putting an alarm on it was always part of the plan, you know. So like let's do that first. Let's get the alarm on it. That way, if they try to take off with it, I'll at least hear them, you know, hear them leaving, and can can you know make haste and kick some ass on my own. And then, you know, give me some time to save up for it and, you know, I'll, I'll um, 
you know, I'll put the, I'll put the alarm on it. I'll put the alarm on it first and then maybe switch out the ignition later. Um, but still, you know, but you know, still the, the reason I like that shop is it's rarely ever a no. It's like, what can we do for you today, Rich? I'm like, this is what I need. They're like, okay, this is how much it's going to cost you. You know, I, the, the first day I walked in there, you know, I think we talked about this in the show. I said, I need a moped that makes it 40, 45 miles an hour up and down the poly on a daily basis. And for, for those of you listening, we do the show from Hawaii. Uh, it's one of the highways that we have here, and it's a fairly steep hill through the mountains, um, you know, where, where most mopeds uh, fail to go and fail to make it, and mine didn't even make it the first couple runs either. Um, but still, like, that was, that was the goal, right? That's, that, that's how I stated it to them, and then, and then we went shopping, right? Then it was like, okay, that's completely doable, Rich. Here's what you're going to need, you know? And then we did it. And now it, it does it for the most part. And there's still room for improvement to be made. Um, but one of the reasons why I like my moped and I like that shop and I continue to go there, um, you know, e- even though their, their prices are, are getting to be a little steep under new management, I will admit to that. Um, they still do great work every time I take it in. They still get everything done every time I take it in. And like, uh, again, the answer is always yes. The, the question is always how much. Um, and what I do for them as a solid for, for doing great work is I, I try uh, whenever I can to pay them cash, you know, so, so they don't have to worry about credit card fees. And hopefully, uh, if the owner is is smart, right, he puts a handful of that in his pocket and then runs the rest of it through the register. Um, and I pay him the cash in the hopes that he does that, you know, so he can, so he can keep a little bit, uh, you know, out of, out of the state's hands, um, and, and in his pocket, you know? And even the other day, right, I went like, I need, I need, I need this kind of motor oil because the, the oil you've been selling me, uh, it, you know, makes the bike run too hot, you know? And he said, we can get that for you. And I said, well, bring it in then. He's like, how much do you want? I'm like, how much can you get? You know? And he sent the guy off to the warehouse to, you know, the quote unquote warehouse. I don't know where they went to go buy it, but he sent him to the warehouse, came back with a case of it. You know, so I bought the whole case off of him. Like, give me all of it. You know, if you don't have to, you don't have to stock it on your shelves. Cause I know that's not your thing. Um, you know, you get whatever kickbacks you get from the oil you sell, but this is the one that works for me. Uh, so let me have that. And the answer again was not, no, we don't sell that anymore. It was, we can get it for you. This is how much it's going to cost you. Um, and then we made the deal. So I, I, that's how I love doing business, um, for everything. Uh, not just, not just, you know, not just the moped And, and the more I can do business like that, the happier I'll be. All right. One more piece of things, uh, one more thing to get into MC and then we'll get into headlines unless you had comments on that aspect of it. I don't know. All right. I've got to do a quick call out and put on blast. Jeff Smith. Who the fuck are you? Nobody. Uh, in case you're wondering MC, um, I, when, when we're done with the show, I, I post a show in a handful of groups. And then I get this little, uh, you know, this little, I'm going to say warning message, uh, from Jeff Smith, uh, in, 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 um, as a comment to our post to, to me just going like, here's your show guys. Take a listen. Uh, I do not know this group, the anarchist experience, and this is not an attack against this particular group, but a rather wishes to use us as an example, uh, on how other anarchists should vet, uh, the, the sources of information. Right. How how, you know, not knowing what our group is all about uh, doesn't mean that we're not anarchists, but it doesn't mean that we are either. Uh, So we got into like a a little heated discussion um, where he was, you know, basically 
you know, basically calling us out, MC, or calling me out in particular, uh, for not being a real anarchist without having done the research that he's advising other people to do. Like, he's never listened to the show. He's never taken a look at our website. He doesn't know anything about us. Uh, but he wants to use us as an example uh, of why you you out there, other anarchists, libertarians, volunteers, whatever you, label you want to use, uh, need to need to investigate uh, groups like us uh, because we might not be real anarchists. Um, and he asked a, a couple of questions. I screenshotted the whole thing. I'm not going to post it. Um, but you know, he, you know, he he's he wants to know if if we support uh, Rand Paul, uh, Julie Borowski, um Shoot, who was the other one? Libertarian girl. I don't remember. I don't remember all of them. Um, and I basically said, like, dude, I don't, you know, I, I don't take the time to get involved with, you know, anarchist infighting. Um, that's not how I, that's not how I choose to spend my time. And then that's when basically when he said, like, well, if you're if you're not par- participating in the infighting and paying attention to it. Oh, yeah. Fan Paul, Julie Borowski. Uh, maybe that's it. Any others that we should know about? Uh, if I'm not paying attention to the infighting uh, amongst anarchists and and you know and showing my support for the real anarchists versus the fake anarchists or the fake libertarians <laughs> or whatever, then I'm not really a part of the movement, and I, I don't really have the credibility to do it. Where do you, I want to? I want to find the. I I like I like it when you get heated, but uh, oh, right, here we go. Here we go. Uh, Turn your okay. mic down just a couple of notches. I'll back up but, away um, from it. But yeah, so so uh yeah, he's he's totally misunderstanding uh what, and, he, and he started off saying because he saw the word Trump in the headline that I used last time because I said we had a caller come in uh an admitted Trump guy, you know, and then he goes like I don't know if they're Trump supporters or not, you know, or Rand Paul supporters. I go, well, clearly you're not paying attention because you, you fucking read the headline, number one, out of context, and then didn't listen to the show to hear what we had to say about the topic. But you want others to do so. You want others to research to make sure that we're legit, but you won't even do, you know, like an hour's worth of research to listen to the one goddamn show you're bitching about. Jeff Smith. Go ahead, MC. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, we we do comment on a lot of political stuff but that's just because it does uh potentially affect us and and things that are ridiculous should be ridiculed so we do yes Um, here's here's the line that he used wow i i said uh you know not the ones that focus on the promotion liberty i don't care who the fakes and frauds are i'm not into hero worship and you would know that if you actually listen to the show and did research you're preaching to others to do and he said wow you're fine with defending the fakes and frauds as, as if, like, not caring what they're saying is coming to their defense, right? right? Like, I, like, I'm defending Rand Paul and Julie Borowski and whoever else he mentioned in his post uh, simply because I don't care that they, I don't care about what they say, number one, and that I'm not coming out and saying, like, no, 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 they're not libertarians, right? Like, I have, I have to do that, you know? I have to, you know, jump on either the Cantwell or the Kokesh bandwagon in some form or fashion, either for or against, to give a, a God's lick of difference what they're talking about, Um you know, in, in order to in order to get my credibility uh, as, as an anarchist or a member of the liberty movement, and like to hell with that. Uh, I do my own shit. You know, we we preach and promote That's agorism right. here. Go I, ahead. I got in an argument with somebody last week, and he and he says that just that for the U.S. to declare that we're not going to go to war with North Korea or Syria is dangerous. The anti-war position is dangerous in his in his view, with 
with Syria, a country that's been bombed to shit already, and North Korea that can't get a missile off the ground is that's that's dangerous. Uh, freaking status. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's part of it too, right? They just, they, they get so hell bent on, you know, the, the propaganda that's running through their head and, you know, and, and, and for Jeff Smith, I'm sure it's the same thing, right? Because he's paying so much attention to what other libertarians and other anarchists are doing, making sure that, making sure that everyone else finds out who the fakes and frauds are, but he's not willing to investigate on his own. Right. Uh, and then he said something about Jeffrey Tucker and like, I'm a big fan of most of Jeffrey Tucker's work. Right. Like I, I, I haven't read anything of, of Jeffrey Tucker's that I went, Hmm, he's like way off the mark on that. Now, again, I don't, I don't pay attention to a lot of the infighting and gossips and speculations, which means I don't read everything that Jeffrey Tucker's ever wrote. And, um, so he basically, he's, and, and he's a very positive person too. That's why, that's why I like most of his, his writing. Yes. And, and, you know, left or right libertarian, right? I don't, he, nothing he is, nothing I've read of his says like, we need to involve the state uh, in order to gain advances in the promotion of liberty, right? And so this guy said that, you know, Jeffrey Tucker is not a real anarchist. And I go, okay, well, I, I get you on Julie Borowski. I get you on Rand Paul, right? But tell me more about this Jeffrey Tucker thing. Cause that, that's a discussion worth having, right? If, if you know, if he's saying things anti-liberty, um, I might want to take a look at that and kind of see for myself. And, and he, and he basically said like, well, Google it. I'm like, well, just give me a link, bro. Like, you know, if you, if you have all this information, right, just, just send me a link to whatever article you're referring to. So I'm not, you know, fucking meandering Google yeah. randomly reading Jeffrey well, Tucker stuff. And he didn't. I just, he just, just jump in there for a second, because there's a lot of people who just are, are here for the fight and they have to, they have to find somebody to fight. So once they get in a group that they are comfortable being in, then they have to kick people out of the group because they're not, you know, they they have that that instinct in them that tells them, well, they're not good enough. Nobody's good enough, you know. Well, so, then that's totally Jeff Smith then. Because yeah. he rather than promote liberty and and do thing, you know, set the example, um, he's already the bad example, right? He's already going like, I haven't done my research. But this is the kind of group as to the reason why you that, need to do yours. That that happens in, in any organization, really. I mean... Well, I'm calling it, him it was, out it was, on this one. It was definitely like that in the in the Republican Party. And, and, it's, and in Hawaii, it's, it's freaking... It's, it's so horrible. Like, uh, the, the infighting and the... And, <laughs> like, they can't, they can't get anything accomplished and, and they... It's. I think most of it is for ego, is why they do it, because it doesn't accomplish anything. But uh, actually, the Libertarian Party actually accomplishes more than the Republican Party now. <laughs> statewide, statewide, you mean? Yeah, in their in their legislation and stuff. Um, so it's uh, like no nobody goes to the Republicans and asks their opinion anymore. Nice. So. Um, well, and I've said it before that that's the reason why the the sovereignty movement and the you know uh, secessionist movement fails statewide here in Hawaii. It's because there's so many splinter groups who just want to be the next one in power uh, that no one's they're all not willing to get together to fight the larger fight 
uh, which is get the United States government the hell out of the state. Right. They're, right. they're, they're all thinking like one step past that going like, well, once we get them out, I want to be in charge. Right. And go, well, you're never going to be in charge because no one's willing to get them out first. You know, you guys all like fight amongst yourselves. Uh, and I'm just sitting here going like, what a bunch of morons. Um, I don't want to participate. I don't even care what you guys are saying to each other or about each other. Uh, because you know, I, I, I like, I like free markets and I like agorism. So in my daily life, uh, I try to participate in those, uh, in as much as possible. I, you know, I don't, I don't care who wrote the next book or what the book says. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've read enough, uh, historical literature, um, you know, to, to get a pretty good understanding of this whole freedom thing. Um, and what it means and what it entails and, and what the, what I believe the correct positions should be, uh, on any number of topics, um, that I don't need to, that I don't need to debate anybody within the movement. I don't need to have discussions with anybody in the movement. I just go like, well, clearly, you know, clearly that's not uh, uh, the promotion of liberty. That's the promotion of the state. And then I don't want any part of it. Now, do I need to know who these people are? No. It just, if it comes up, it comes up. You know, it's one of the things why I've said before on the show and off, um, is I, I'm not a big fan of hero worship. Number one, and I'm not, I'm not a big fan of quote attribution, right? Like, well, he said this, and then you find something, well, he said this in opposition to what you're quoting. So clearly uh, I go, well, we'll just take the good ideas, man. You know, don't quote me. (laughs) Just don't, don't ever quote me. Uh, just implement what I said, you know, to the best of your ability. (laughs) You know, if it works for you, do it, you know? Yeah. Take, take the good things and, and run with it. And, and, uh, yeah, and I don't think I'm, I'm, like I said before, I, I'm definitely not perfect. I don't, I'm not uh, a strict anarchist. <laughs> uh, and few are, and, and nobody's perfect. So, uh, yeah, it's, 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 a it's something to, it's, it's a lifestyle worth, worth uh striving for is the thing you know yeah i i put gas in my car the other day mc oh no i paid the gas tax oh no i'm giving money to the state oh no not an anarchist because i paid the state for gas you know like it it gets it gets to nonsense levels like that when you like you know when when you're playing like the who's the real anarchist game um and i don't really want to play it right like i don't there there to to the best of my ability uh, the state is not involved with my life as much as possible. And, you know, I, I keep it that way as best I can, you know? And I think that that's, that's my goal. That should be the goal of, uh, most anarchists and agorists out there. And then when you're dealing with businesses, you know, deal in businesses that support the position and don't support the state as much as possible. Um, is, is it always possible? No, not, not in the current world we live in. And not even for the anarcho primitivists out there who want, you know, who want to like disappear off into the woods. Um, because you've, if you disappear off into the woods in great enough numbers, the state will come and say like, hey, you guys are hanging out in our woods. You got to go, you know, <laughs> and there you go. You know, then now, you, now you're embroiled again uh, in, in, in state politics for whatever reason. Um, so just do the best you can to stay out of it as much as you can. Um, and deal with, you know, deal with the, the, the honest anarchists, which I think I'm, you know, I'm, I think I'm up there as far as honest anarchists. I, I know where some of my flaws are and, you know, I, I've admitted, uh, some of my hypocritical positions in the past and like, I live with it and you can too. And, and we've all got them. So I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to play the, the higher than thou game either. Um, but I will call you out 
If you're saying that you need to do research, if you're telling everyone else that they need to research me and you haven't even researched me, don't know anything about me, were invited to call into the show multiple times, didn't hear the phone ring, Jeff Smith. Uh, so I'm, I'm assuming that you don't know what's going on or that, you know, uh, you, you just like every other person that tries to call us out uh, online and, 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 and box and, and hides behind the keyboard when it's time to have a real conversation. Um, you know, I, I called it the show strategy. Uh, and once again, you're proving it right. You know, we, we can get into discussion. And then when you want to have a face to face, I call you out, you back down, and then we move on to, to other callers uh, if we got them on the line. But not today. Any other thoughts, MC, on that, on that whole nope. thing? I told them I'll call them out. I'm the honest anarchist. I did just that. All right, headlines. We'll probably get into one, maybe the one you brought up. Uh, the myth of the Constitution. Uh, headline, in the land of the free, sustainable living is becoming a crime. Uh, headline, the left's descent to fascism. Uh, headline, game changer. Cash-only doctors are causing panic in the insurance industry. Uh, headline, how Florida entraps pain patients, forces them to snitch, then locks them up for decades. Uh, headline, how taxes distort business. And this is the one that you brought up, NC. Uh, headline, amazing pictures show the brutal living conditions in the highest habitable place on earth. And yeah, it's got a lot of pictures, but so, you know, some of the information is like readable and you can get the idea of, of what they're trying to show based on the description. Um, otherwise take a look at the pictures and they, they didn't do much for me. I got most of it from the reading. Um, do you want to go there MC or is there another headline that, that jumped out? Oh no. Um, uh, wherever you want to go with, um, all right, well you brought it up. So let's, I mean, you posted it as show prep, so let's just do it. Amazing pictures show the brutal living conditions in the highest habitable place on earth. Uh, La Recondonada is the highest human habitation in the world. And it's home to some of the most brutal living conditions known to man. It's also an unregulated gold mine. At the height of over 16,000 feet, it's, place, it's a place where only the hardest skinned can carve a living. More than 50,000 people live in the settlement, perched atop Mount Ananea in the Peruvian Andes. It spends much of the year in sub-zero temperatures. This is what it's like to spend your life above the clouds. All right, and then it's going to get into pictures, but I'm going to read like the captions to the pictures because it's it's has more information. Uh, the settlement has been built at an astounding height of 16,700 feet and lies in the shadows of the Bella Dormiente, or Sleeping Beauty, an enormous glacier that lurks over the town. The town is accessible only by braving a precarious mountainside road covered in grass, rocks, dirt, and often ice. The journey can take several days. Tourists avoid the town, which has no hotels or hospitals, and the government has little to no presence in the town. That, that was what jumped out at me right there, man. Like Little yeah. to no presence. Perfect. Uh, how can I do this? Uh, the air in La Rinconada uh, would be difficult to breathe for tourists and other outsiders. At such a great altitude, the air is dangerously thin. Uh, this is because gravity holds oxygen close to the surface of the earth, and people begin feeling altitude sickness at around 10,000 feet. Uh, residents have adopted to the harsh conditions. Can uh, there? Yeah, that would work. You know, you carry your. You know, I, I like the way business, you're thinking already. Opportunity there. Yeah. There's a lot of business opportunity up here. As, <laughs> as you know, you posted it, so you know what I'm what I'm about to get to, MC. But there's, you know, whoo, my goodness. Uh, the town is extremely poor, but residents are hardened. Uh, the town's economy relies almost entirely upon the unregulated gold mines carved into the surrounding uh, mountain face. 
Between 2001 and 2009, the price of gold rose 235%. As the price skyrocketed, so did the population to over 30,000 people. With gold showing no signs of slowing down, the population now stands at over 50,000 people. Uh, much of the population is made up of optimistic Peruvians who fancy their luck striking it rich in the gold mines. Uh, miners here don't receive a traditional paycheck. Instead, they can lay claim to any gold they find on the last day of each month. You know, I, I have to read that over and over and over again because like, okay, so for like for 30 days, right, or 29 days, whatever they chip away, uh, you know, goes into the hands of like the mine owner. And then on the last day, they can keep it. Right? Is that how you read that 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 sec That's section? That's how I read it. I'm I'm okay. sure it's more complicated than that, and I'm sure they have to pay a fee for the for the mine owner to hold it for them or something. Tools and access or something like that. Right? Didn't you ask me that before? Like, you know, who 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 makes the most money in a in a gold rush? The the guy selling shovels. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I, I was like, I wonder if like the Peruvians sandbag it for like 29 days and then fucking bust the ass on that 30th day. <laughs> Or like, you know, get a big chunk of gold and like hide it back in the dirt and then come back to that spot. You know what I mean? I'm just. No, no. What I read is that they, they get to, uh, maybe I'm wrong. I, I, I must've mis misread it. Well, what were you thinking then? Cause I, I, like I said, I read it a couple they times. Get, just They get to mine everything and everything they mine is theirs, but they get to, I don't know. They get to keep all of it. I don't know. I'm confused. No, I thought it was only the last day. Of the, that's why the last day of the, each month. Like instead, they can lay claim to any gold they find on the last day of each month. Like they don't, they don't get paid to work for the entire month. They just get to keep what they got the last day. Only the last day? That's not very good. Well, it depends how much gold they find on that last day. That's what I'm saying. If you sandbag it for 29 days yeah. and keep like a, like, oh look, man, I fucking like 30 backpacks found today. I don't know what happened the rest of the month. That, All right. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a good. I I think we would be able to go there and offer offer them a better deal and and have them work harder for us than possibly. Than, but then we'd have yeah. to have like you know we'd have to fight the miners for the, the the mine owners for the mine at this point, right? Or the land. Well, there's there's no government regulation, so that's nah, true. Heavy hand tactics. People. Yeah, I like the way you think. Uh, gold has been mined in the Andes for centuries, with mining activity dating back as far as the Incas. People at La Raconada hike for 30 minutes each day to reach the mine, which are filled with hazardous gases, mercury, cyanide, and lack of oxygen. Uh, women aren't allowed to enter the mine, so they do outdoor work. Uh, this woman is creating the metal parts required to prop up the mining tunnels. The, the founders of what began as a small mining camp never anticipated the population growing to the size it did, and thus its infrastructure is almost non-existent. Uh, the town has no running water, and building a sewage system has pro proved impossible. Uh, waste disposal is the responsibility of the residents. Uh, some people chose to burn their rubbish or bury it outside of town. Others simply toss it wherever there is space. The lack of sanitation and the unregulated mining operation uh, mean the ground in La Ricananda is heavily contaminated with mercury, resulting in many of the residents suffering from mercury poisoning, which affects the nervous system and causes itching, burning, and skin discoloration. Locals have to find old-fashioned ways of entertaining themselves uh, and often meet in cafes built for the miners. Uh, this picture taken by Walker Dawson shows a locker, local soccer team put together by the miners. Uh, the lake you see in the background of this picture is also heavily contaminated with mercury and cyanide, which flows through the town. Uh, following his visit, photographer Dawson said uh, La Riconada was a startling, startling exhibit of the extreme lengths people will go in search of wealth and a better life. 
Uh, I also thought that was a great way to end the article because that's the last picture. Uh, the extreme lengths people are willing to go in search of wealth and a better life, right? You know, so if, if they're doing this, right, you know, uh, to, 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 to make some money voluntarily, right, there's not a, a slave, slave camp up there, um, then they're probably doing a lot less, you know, like when you, when talking about like sweatshops and all the other nonsense, uh, that, that get, get libtards up in a panties in a bunch, um, they're probably doing it because it's the most beneficial thing they can be doing at the time. And this is a lot more or, dangerous. Or the, the best thing that they could come up with in their little brains. Um, yeah. A, a lot of times there's, there's things that are easier, but they just don't know about it. And so, uh, so some people, for example, realize that maybe in the U.S. or some other first world country that you can get by pretty well working at a fast food joint, uh, you know, flipping burgers or whatever, comparatively to uh, places where uh, uh, money is harder to come by or doesn't go as far. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, it's pretty amazing that, that people are up there doing that voluntarily and uh, they're there's a pretty good chance that they're still going to be in poverty when, when they're up there. So, uh, like, like I said, you know, people are only getting, uh, money for the, for the 29th day of, of the month or whatever. Last day um, of each month. Yeah. So they're, they're not really getting that great of a deal, I think for the, for their effort. Um, but look but how many of them know. are taking that deal. Yeah. But it's, it's obviously worth it because people are doing it. So um, sounds like a win-win yeah. to me. Hopefully, uh, there, there'll be some more competition up there and maybe better pay for them. Um, but that's all part of the entrepreneur thing. If if people can uh, offer them better money and they can hire more workers and get them better tools and mine more gold, um, then then they will do that. Sounds about right. Anything else? And yeah, I just wonder what it's like for them. I, it, it's it's it seems like a total Be- dump. Better than right? the alternative, right? I think I think yeah, better than the alternative. I'm not saying that. I'm looking at it from from the perspective of of uh, just general general happiness because you know they they you know in in one way freedom can be really good or it could be really bad. So for like the like the trash issue, right? You know, people just just throwing their trash, yeah. trash is just everywhere. It looks like a total dump. Um, some people don't mind that. Some people's houses look worse than that, you know? True. <laughs> just and watch, watch an episode, episode of Hoarders, you know? People, I've been in those places, people, my man. Yeah, people just live like that, and it's not and it's not a big deal to them. So if that doesn't affect your happiness, then, yeah, go. You know, that might be the place for you. That's obviously the place for them because that's where they are. <laughs> I don't know if we talked about it on air or off, but I, you know, I, one of the, my jobs is like I clean out houses for a living and we did a house mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago and my coworker found uh, a complete cat skeleton under the bed. <laughs> nice. Like, like the real skeleton, not like a dying cat, you know, it had been like skinned right. and all that was left was the skeleton. Right. <laughs> and the place was trashed. Like, you know, like, like this place, but worse. Um, so yeah, people, people do live like this, you know, voluntarily. And I guess my point was that better than the alternative because they're there, they're voluntarily there. And all that, all those issues like the trash and the sewage 
and even, you know, transportation to and fro, right, to me, sounds like a market opportunity, right? Entertainment sounds like a market opportunity, you know, to, you know, to, to go up there and, you know, possibly for someone, not me, not you, probably MC, um, but for someone to go like, I have a better way to do this, you know, give me some gold and I'll do it for you, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they'd love internet access up there. Um, I'm sure they would pay you gold for it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because that's what they, that's they, what they got. That's they what they have got. Plenty of gold, and they've got not very much oxygen and everything else. <laughs> yeah, you want to make gold? Go sell them something valuable in that climate. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. Final thoughts? No. Let's move on. All right. That's it. We're done. All right, you guys know where to find us. Uh, AnarchistExperience.com is where we do the live show. Uh, Facebook.com slash AnarchistExperience. Uh, if you want to join in on discussion and the groups, post some show prep so for us to get into as well. Uh, Facebook.com slash groups slash AnarchistExperience. Uh, and if you want to contribute to the show financially, uh, we do that through Patreon uh, because it's easier. Uh, Patreon.com slash The Anarchist Experience. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.